Well, not only is the week coming to a close, but you know what that means, right? As we're heading into the weekend, it's time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you. And as you know, if you've been following along with us for any length of time, um, and, and Adam, I don't know if you've thought about this, but we're getting closer and closer to that 200 episode mark. I love working on the podcast now because once we hit the one year mark for our podcast, basically there's been milestone after milestone for us. Yeah. So kind of exciting things, but we don't want to get too sidetracked. We've been going through a series of the blessings that we have in Christ. We've looked at how we were made by Christ. Um, and a few weeks ago, we looked at how we were gifted by Christ. And today we're going to look at how we're employed by Christ, which may sound very similar to the the aspect of being gifted by Christ, but there are some interesting differences and some in, in, interesting things that the Bible says about work. So we will dig into those today. But before we do that, Adam has our quote of the day. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. That's from Genesis 2.15. All right. And so from this opening quote of the day, we see that God ordained work before the fall of man. Some people think, some people all think that we work because of the fall, because Adam and Eve sinned and brought sin on all of us. And granted, they did make it hard work because of that. Um, uh, Because when we garden, it has thorns and thistles because of sin. That was actually the direct curse that Adam received from the fall. When women have babies, there's pain in childbirth. Uh, also because of sin and but but there is there was work before sin and as we get to the end of our broadcast today we will see how there will be work after sin is gone for good and there will still be work to do so work is a fundamental um thing that god ingrained into humanity and it had nothing to do with our sin nature although work was affected by it, it was not implemented by it, and I think that's an important thing to realize as we go through these aspects. So the first one that I want to, to mention to us is God has a plan for us. Adam, will you read the verse that goes with that? Mm-hmm. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, "For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end." All right, so this one is a very familiar passage because we quote it a lot about how God has plans for each of us. And I know that the context of it is that it was written to the children of Israel and God was talking about how he was going to bless them in their communities as they honored him. And he goes on in that passage to talk about how the children are a blessing and, and things of that nature. So it's a really good passage to look at in the original context. But this passage, along with others in the scriptures, lead us to believe, and we can embrace, I believe, the principle that God has a plan for each of us. Um, I think that even though, as I said, it was written to the Israelites, we can draw principles from it and realize that God has a plan. There's another um, scripture in the Psalms that says, All my days were written in, in a book by you, God before there was any of them. And so God has a plan 
that he wants to work out for us, and it involves jobs that he has for each of us to do. We kind of talked about this in the Gifted by Christ podcast, but we all have particular tasks that God is going to call us to do, and he will equip us to do them. You know, I think sometimes he calls us to do something impossible and then expects us to cry out to him to give us the power to do it, and then he will get the credit. The second one that we're going to talk about is he works his will through us. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13. All right. This is an important one to me because... Sometimes I feel like I'm weak, like I don't have enough power to do what I'm called to do, um, or I get overwhelmed with worry or whatever, whatnot. But then I realize that I am just the vessel that God is working through to do His will, that He has this tapestry that He's weaving, and I'm just a part of it. And it's exciting when you look at it this way to be along for the ride, to say, okay, God, I will let you work in me. Um, you have free reign. Now do what you will do. And it's been exciting some of the places and some of the things that God has allowed me to do as a result of that attitude. Do I have it every day when I wake up? No, sometimes I have to renew that commitment. But the overall tenor of my life, I try to make this idea that, okay, God, whatever you have for me today, help me to do it and to do it well and to do it right. Mm-hmm. And he usually... Oh, no, I shouldn't say usually. He always comes through right on time. I think I use the word usually because he doesn't always do it the way I want him to. And so sometimes I discount the times when it doesn't happen the way I want it to (laughs) as it not happening when, in fact, it's just happening in a different way. So on these first two points, Adam, do you have any thoughts? You know, I've even seen that in um, my own life where there'll be times where... Like you, you'll get up and like you mentioned, you're just thinking like, you know, I'm not really feeling this today. And like, maybe I'll go back to bed because that's what I feel like doing. <laughs> well, probably you, especially since you work in the morning <laughs> show, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. So there's just some mornings you get up and you're like, 4 a.m. No, I'm not feeling that. But what's cool is, is the more that God is showing me his plan in my life, the more motivated I get towards doing that. Because so many times, like I've noticed We'll always try and figure out life as a whole or the entire plan or we're always looking at the next thing that we want to get to. But so many times when we just stop and look at where we are, you so many times fall into God's will and plan. And once you figure and find out like, oh, I'm in his will right now, he he gives you that strength and, and does work in you to carry out what he's called you to do in that moment. So just a couple of thoughts like even lately that's that's hit me that I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. And I would say, I would say as well that one thing I often think about is, well, okay, God, if you're directing me and I'm trying to do your will, what if I do the wrong thing? But then I'm directed to the proverb where it says, man plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. If you are um, truly out of an honest and pure heart trying to do the will of God, he won't let you go too far off the path. Mm -hmm. He will direct you and change your view um and he will you will refine your view i think is the best way to put it as you seek to honor him all right 
so we we've we've covered that God has a plan for us. We've covered that He works His will through us. And now, if He if you ask for work, He will lead you. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. It's Acts 9, 6. Now, this is an important thing, I think, because a lot of times when we're preaching the gospel, we say, well, God will give you all this good stuff. He'll give you a new life. He'll give you purpose. And we talk a lot about what God can give us. But I'm reminded of what what John F. Kennedy, and believe you me, it's kind of weird to me, too, to be citing John F. Kennedy on the Speaking Room podcast, because <laughs> there's probably not much that I would have agreed with him on. However, I've always been struck by one statement from his inaugural address when he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And if I could digress ever so slightly, I think where we're seeing the 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 harsh realities on our country's level of what's happening to our country in some of the negative ways by a whole generation of people that are asking their country what it can do for them instead of the other way around. You know, I saw a meme the other day that kind of summarizes that. Cause it said in the 1940s, men were able, men were itching to go fight and defend their country's Liberty in the two in the 2015, those same age college men, are looking for safe spaces on college campuses because they're too easily offended. And so to bring this back around to our spiritual application, I think that as we preach the gospel, yes, we need to let people know what God offers. Yes, we need to talk about the wonderful gifts that he offers. And trust me, they're way more than we could offer him. But we also need to have the attitude of Saul of Tarsus when he was converted to Christ and became Paul who the first thing out of his mouth once he realized he was wrong was, God, what would you have me to do? And it can be exciting to watch God answer that question if you're willing to finally get to the place of asking. I know I had to get to that place in this ministry where I was willing to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And certain aspects of it are not easy, but uh, God is always faithful and he always provides, and I'm very thankful for that. All right, if we are faithful, we will get more responsibility. This is from Luke 16.10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Now, Adam, my co-host here, is a pretty good example of this verse because when he first came to JQ, what was it, five years ago now? It's been six years. It's crazy. Six years, maybe close to seven by the time this gets posted. (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. Hopefully not too long. But um, Adam started out here as an intern, kind of on a lark. He started contacting the Christian radio stations on his mom's advice, much like I did, that put me here to do this podcast. But WJQ reached out to him and, and asked how they could help him, which was a great thing. He came in as an intern. And then they hired him to do some graveyard shift work, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Yep, weekend stuff. And then he became an executive producer on a Saturday night show with J.R. Pittman and did that for several years and did well. And then um, last January, a year ago, 
he was promoted to the morning show via the afternoon show. And now he's in the morning show, which is pretty much known in radio circles as the top of the radio radio heap. So you, you can't really go much farther up into, in, until you get your nationally syndicated show, <laughs> which I'm sure won't happen until you start working with me on live radio. But, but, but we'll see. That's, that's another discussion for another day. But I just, I've seen you patiently push through and do what you needed to do to continue to excel here. And I've seen God honor your, um, your work. And so that's a good example. And it is a very much an encouragement to me. And I'm glad for it for myself too, because it's put you in a position to be able to help me. I really appreciate it. So, um, so I really, I really see, um, God honoring that request. You know, one of the things that's kind of interesting too, is sometimes we think we want more work and then we get more work and it's a little more overwhelming than we thought it would be. I know, um, from certain people that have gone, um, from being an employee to being a manager of sorts and the added responsibility that that can be. And I know Adam has alluded to the fact that getting up at 4 a.m. every day to do a morning show can have its downsides because you basically don't have much of an evening social life right. and things <laughs> yeah. like that. But the, but the ultimate payoff is that he's doing what he loves and he's able to reach people in a great ministry on the radio. And mm-hmm. so, and knowing that you're where God wants you is a big plus and a big help. So, um, on these, on these last two uh, points, Adam, do you have any additional thoughts? Well, uh, with the one you just talked about, absolutely. Yeah. It's, been so amazing to see where God has been able to lead me down this path that I didn't even see coming, by the way. That's what's so funny about God is you might pray and ask for something that your heart really desires, a career or to get married or something, and then it happens in the most unlikely way. But regardless, he's faithful. And I think that's a reminder we all need every now and again because sometimes we can kind of get down or we can get in just that funk of life where you get tired or you get overstressed. Like you mentioned, you get more work, and that's what you can focus on. But God is always faithful, and if we just open his open our heart to him, you know, he'll be faithful to answer that call or that request that we have. Sometimes you don't even realize you're asking, and, and it happens, like in my case. But uh, he's he's faithful. He absolutely is, and he's looking for people that he can entrust with greater amounts of responsibility. I know sometimes when I feel like I'm being tested and stretched beyond what I'm able, I comfort myself with the knowledge of knowing, well, God must know that with him I can handle this, or he wouldn't be putting me through it. So. All right, our next one is we are working for him. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. It's Ephesians 6, verses 5 through 7. All right, so here we are um, in this, 
Ephesians passage. And of course, if you read through Ephesians, it goes through all the familial responsibilities and the way that we're supposed to respond, husbands to wives, uh, mothers to children, fathers to children, so, so on and so forth. And um, then uh, it goes into the slaves and masters, which has often been mo- in modern times applied to the employer-employee relationship. And just this idea that whoever we're working for, we need to know that we're ultimately working for Christ. And it really can help when you're frustrated, when you're overwhelmed, to realize, hey, my main goal here is to honor Christ. And if I honored Christ and did my best that I could, then even if I get let go, I know that I did what I should do, mm-hmm. no matter what. And God God has always led me um, on the basis of the fact that do what I ask you to do, and I will, um, I will open doors. And he always does. Um, and so I just want to encourage us to realize that whatever work we're doing, whether you're the mom in the kitchen who just picked up a food mess for the fourth or fifth time today, whether you're the, the guy that's listening to this on the factory floor or you're working in an office as an accountant or whatever you're doing, Remember that you're working for the Lord. And so when when your job gets tough, realize that he put you in that environment for a reason. Maybe there's somebody that you work with that will be impacted by your love for the Lord because you're there. Even if it's a sucky job uh, or a job that you don't really appreciate or enjoy, he can still use you. And he can also you can also be in a good position to move on to another job. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't personally have too much trouble with this because there wasn't too many chores that I could physically do. But among my siblings, one of the least favorite jobs was emptying the dishwasher. And so they would always say, well, well, can I do a different job? Because I don't want to empty the dishwasher. And my mom would always say, well, when I know that you can empty the dishwasher without complaining, then you'll get another job. But until then, you're going to empty the dishwasher. <laughs> and I think sometimes God is like that with us. You know, we'll say, well, God, can I do something else? And he says, well, what what have you been doing with what I did give you? You know, and that's part of what gets me coming back every couple weeks for a recording session for the podcast. Yeah. Is, okay, I have this open door for the podcast. He's given it to me, and I don't want to blow it. So that's why I come and I try to come prepared because I know that this work is what he's called me to right now. And I believe that it can lead to other things, but only if I'm faithful. If I'm not faithful, then, you know, like if I dropped the ball and decided not to stop stop showing up, then Adam would be like, all right, I guess we're done. And, And I wouldn't have this open door anymore. And then if... If there happened to be an opening on down the line, I would not be someone they called because out of sight, out of mind, and it would just be over. So I'm trying to just be faithful where I'm at and do what God calls me to do and be in a position to be like, okay, I've been working and refining these skills, and I'm ready to move on to the next challenge. So I wanted to encourage you in that. And then our final topic for the day, our final point for the day, 
um, is there will be work in eternity. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. It's, it's Revelation 5, verses 9 through 10. All right, and this is significant because this is at the end of time. When sin has been eradicated, then we will reign as kings and priests on the earth. And some people take Revelation to be figurative, um, but my dad taught me a long time ago uh, this quote from somebody else. It wasn't original with him, but I always remember it. It says, if the plain sense makes sense, seek no other sense. And when the Bible says that something was like something, then that's a metaphor. But if it says it was something, then I believe it to be literal. And so uh, this is talking about how we're going to have responsibilities as kings and priests um, in the in the perfect uh, future to come. And uh, I know that there's a verse that talks about the 12 apostles um, being judges over the 12 tribes of Israel in the end of time as well. I'm not sure who the legitimate 12th apostle is because Judas um, was a betrayer and went his own way and then was replaced by the apostles, by Mathis, the apostle. But then some people say that Paul was God's choice for the 12th apostle. I don't know who that will be. That's kind of irrelevant to the discussion. But the point is, God has a plan for those 12 apostles, and he has a plan for you and me, and it involves work of some kind. And I really do believe that that this earthly life is a training ground for the life that we have after death. And so my prayer for you is that you would begin to think about your work as preparation for what's to come, um, definitely as building blocks, because as Adam shared from his story, there's progressions from one thing to another. And uh, if we will be faithful, God will be faithful to us as well. Adam, do you have any thoughts about these last couple of things? Uh, I think with this last couple and then just kind of all of them that we went over in this podcast is just to re be reminded that you have a purpose and that God made you for a reason. It's not like he just kind of put you here and said, well, good luck. We'll talk to you in a hundred years for eternity. But God put you here for a particular reason. And it seems that like nowadays, and I used to struggle with this when I was like in middle school, high school years of feeling like, you know, what am I good at? I'm not as good as this person at sports or this job or this talent. Uh, but don't let that get you down because God made you for a reason. He has work for you. And the best part is once we really find the true reason of those talents and jobs that God has given us, it doesn't even really become work anymore. It becomes more of a calling and, and a passion. So just keep in mind, if, you, if you've been down lately listening, that you, you were made for a reason. You have a purpose. And sometimes we have to be patient to find out what that is, but just answering those daily calls that he gives to you so many times helps us find what that call and talent and passion is. I hope that as we have gone through these aspects of work, here on the podcast and how we are employed by Christ, that it will give you a new appreciation for what God does for us as we um, 
as we work um, here on earth and as we do our jobs, whether it's a dishwasher or an executive at a Fortune 500, they're all useful to God in different ways. Um, another aspect is I think we need Christians in every facet of life. So don't feel like just because you're a plumber that you're not honoring God. God might have um, a reason. Or God does have a reason. If he called you to be a plumber, be the best plumber you can be. And so just an encouragement for you, um, whether you're a mom or or if you uh, own a mansion and, and are president of a company, uh, either way, God can use you and he has a purpose for where he has you right now. Um, and that's all I have for you today, but I hope that you will enjoy this podcast. I hope that if you've been benefited by it, you will share it with friends either by uh, sharing it on social media or by uh, downloading the episode and passing it on to a friend. Um, we would really appreciate it if you would let people know so that they can uh, experience the life-giving um, advice from the Word and that they would be blessed from it as well. Well, that's all I have for you today, as I said. And so I will say... To you, keep serving the best masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at Facebook.com slash Speaking For Him and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.